And I remember sitting on the floor in the office that day, in our windowless office. It was nine o'clock at night and the two of us were exhausted and just both of us were crying because we were just so stressed and so tired and so just feeling hopeless that there wasn't a way out of it. There wasn't a way out of what we were doing. And what we were doing really wasn't what we were meant to do. It wasn't doing all of that grunt work. That wasn't what we were meant to do. But we did it because that was all we knew. That was the only option that we had or that we felt we had. Welcome to The C-Suite Mentor, the place where you will learn the tools, strategies, and mindset to scale your business sustainably and build a lasting legacy. I'm your host, Teresa Cantley. As a fellow CEO, I understand what it takes to scale a business to seven and multiple eight figures. It's not necessarily what you might think. It requires a complete shift in how you think, strategize, and execute key actions in your business. My mission is to help CEOs step back into the driver's seat of their business by optimizing their operations, empowering their team, and staying in total alignment with their big vision. So are you ready to exchange everything that hasn't worked for strategies that will? You're in the right place. So let's go. When I was a young girl, I grew up in a very small town, and I remember hearing my father actually my parents, my grandparents, talk about how hard they worked and that if they worked hard, they would have a great retirement. In my father's case, he would get promoted to a high-level manager. And if he just got all these different degrees, all these different master's degrees, he would be promoted and he would get to do a lot of the things that he wanted to do and have the opportunities that he wanted to have. So I watched my parents work hard, work very long hours. My mother was a nurse for a while and then she worked at a medical supply company and I watched her travel all over the place and work really hard, but never saw them get the promotions and the opportunities that they were promised. And I remember my father in particular, he would come home and he would be so stressed at times and so frustrated. And he just was crabby a lot. And he had a short fuse with us and oftentimes would come back after we would get in trouble for something and say, I'm really sorry, you know, I had a really rough day at work. Things are very stressful. Or my mom telling me that my dad was stressed because he had a lot to do and he was working hard and not, again, not getting the things that he was promised. So along the way, throughout my career, I started working when I was 15 years old. I always thought to myself, if I worked hard, if I worked really hard, that people would see me and that maybe I would be able to get the opportunities and I would be able to do things that my father wasn't able to do or get that he was promised. And I started having this feeling of heart for absolutely everything that people, my boss would see me. And it, believe it or not, it started to happen. I raised my hand for everything. I worked at a college that ended up paying my tuition. When I worked in retail, 
um, when I was still 17 and 18 years old, I would raise my hand to do stuff. I would raise my hand and say, yes, I will take on that project and I will do that. And I started to see that they would give me praise and they would say, oh, you're, she's doing such a great job. She's, you know, she's achieving so many things. She's helping us to get stuff done. And it was great. And I was like, okay, so working hard and doing everything and raising my hand just became like, wow, it was that thing that made me valuable. It was that thing that got me accepted by my boss, by my coworkers. And I was doing great things. Truly, honestly, I was doing great things. And I was really seeing and learning, you know, learning so much about business, but also really seeing just how to handle things differently and how to put the pieces together to make a business run. And then I got into corporate. And when I was in corporate, I applied the same principle. And while I was valued, I also had the carrot dangled in front of me. And what did I do? I continued to work harder. I continued to raise my hand for every single project And in fact, I used to plan sales meetings all the time. And these guys, these the owners of the company, would wait until the last minute to give me stuff to do for the sales meeting. And then I would run around like a maniac, stressed out beyond belief, and just so, so frustrated for nothing. And in fact, my best friend and my business partner, she became my business partner later on, she worked with me in corporate. And we used to, like I said, I, I plan the sales meetings, but also we used to do the annual report at the end of the year. And these owners of the business would have the sales meeting the week before Christmas. And we would have to get together, again, this annual report, all the sales reports, all the marketing reports, all like everything, the strategy for the next year, we would have to get it all put together into these booklets, build them out, compile everything, put it all together, get it approved. And they would wait till the last minute because it was at the end of the year. They would wait till the last minute to get stuff approved that we would give them and to really start compiling it there time and time again. And just be like, this is so stressful. But again, it was one of those things that I raised my hand for and said, I will do this. I will do this. I will help with this project. I will bend over backwards. Because during the process, they weren't very nice. They were very demanding. They waited until the last minute. But I kept saying, they'll value me. They'll value me if I do this. I'll get these opportunities. I'll get paid what I'm worth if I do these things. And at the end of the day, at the end of the meeting, and after everything was done, the only thing I got was, good job. And I remember the one year we sat there, Vanessa and I, it was late at night, we were in the office, we're sitting on the floor with these books, all these different papers laid out, trying to put together the the books so that we could actually build them, start building all these books for all these people. And I just remember the two of us We're so stressed, so frustrated, and so burned out. 
And it was the first time that I really experienced burnout. Little did I know, that's what my father was going through for all those years. And that's what my mother was going through for all those years. And I didn't realize it, but at that moment in time, that is what I was going through. Burnout. It is not a fun place to be. It is not something that's hard. But there are ways that you can recognize that you're headed in that direction. And you hear so much about burnout. You hear about, you know, you hear the term all the time and you hear mixed information about what burnout is, what causes it, what you can do about it, you know, yada, yada. And what I'm going to give you is my own opinion from my own personal experience. And I remember sitting on the floor in the office that day in our windowless office. It was nine o'clock at night and the two of us were exhausted and just both of us were crying because we were just so stressed and so tired and so just not like feeling hopeless that there wasn't a way out of it. There wasn't a way out of what we were doing. And what we were doing really wasn't what we were meant to do. It wasn't doing all of that grunt work. That wasn't what we were meant to do. But we did it because that was all we knew. That was the only option that we had or that we felt we had at that time. So when I look at the definition or when I look at what burnout is, burnout, in my opinion, it doesn't come from the long hours that you're working. It comes more from what you're doing. And if you're doing a lot of things that aren't things that you should be doing or things that you don't love doing, things that don't light you up and you're spending long hours doing them, yes, that causes burnout. Burnout really, in my opinion, comes from trying to do things over and over and over again, expecting the same result and they keep not working. Burnout comes from raising your hand to do absolutely everything and you end up getting nothing done. Burnout comes from doing things that you shouldn't be doing while you let your gifts and your purpose and the things that you're meant to do fall by the wayside. So in my mind, burnout doesn't come from the amount of hours that you're working. It comes more from where are you putting your energy in your work. So I wanted to talk a little bit about where it comes from and what you can do, because I've been through it multiple times in my career. And I think becoming an entrepreneur, what I realized was the whole feeling of, I'm going to do all these things that aren't necessarily in alignment with my gifts or what I really love to do, but I'm going to do them anyway, because if I do them, I'll be valued. That I have found becoming an entrepreneur and having my own business and working with clients, that is a limiting belief that has carried through. And it is something that I've had to address many times over. And I know a lot of people feel like that. I know a lot of entrepreneurs feel like that. I know a lot of people. I've talked to friends of mine that have that feeling that the more I do for someone, the more valuable I'll be to them. And that's just not the truth. So the first thing that I want to start off with is if you are feeling burnout, if you're feeling burned out with what you're doing, the first thing I want you to do is examine what are you doing? 
Does it light you up? Does it bring you joy? Does it, is it really like something that you're super great at and that you love doing? And I want you to look at that and say, whether you should be doing it or shouldn't be doing it, your value doesn't come from what you're doing. Your value comes from who you are. And that was the biggest lesson that I had to learn to stop the cycle of burnout was that my value came from within me and who I was as a person. And who I was as a person when I was going from burnout was someone who was stressed and irritable and grouchy, all characteristics that are not me at all. (laughs) So whenever I start to feel like that, I know I'm going down a path I shouldn't be going down. And typically it's attached to when I get into that cycle of going through burnout, it's attached to a limiting belief that somehow is getting fed. Mainly, or I do for someone, even if it's outside of what I normally do, or it's not something that lights me up, it's not something that excites me, it's not something, I'm just doing it because I think if I do it, this person won't like me. If I do this extra stuff, if I volunteer for everything, if I drive an hour each way to a client every day because they ask me to come up, that they'll value me even more. The truth is, no, your value does not come from that. Your value comes from within. And the more we realize that and the more we can align with, I am valuable for who I am. When we look at that, it helps to look at what we're doing and saying, are these things that I'm doing things that I really should be doing? Or are these things that I'm doing, am I just doing for for someone else for justification or for them to, you know, like approve of me? And when you look at that, if you're, again, if you're going through burnout, normally, and this is just my opinion, but normally it stems from us doing work that we shouldn't be doing because we feel that we should for one reason or another, okay? So the one thing I wanna say, again, when it comes to burnout, because I'm gonna give you some things to think about, but you know, one of the thing, another thing with burnout that I know I find myself and I know I've seen it when it's happened to others is that, it's easier for us to, or we think it's easier for us to do the things that are easy, do the things that are, that like for me, it's okay. Like I have clients that I do stuff for and I know like I'm making money from that. So I get into a rhythm of, well, I have to only focus on that and I forget about the innovation. So because the fear of not, of losing the client work or losing, like back in the day, it was losing my job. That fear was so strong that I would bend over backwards and do all of these things that totally made me miserable or volunteer for stuff that totally made me miserable just because I was afraid of losing something. And I read something recently in a book, um, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And I don't remember who the gentleman was. It was, a, it was a pastor that said this. Do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. 
So if we're afraid, so let's just take that. I'm a, I was afraid to lose my job. So what did I do? I, you know, just totally bent over backwards and like almost killed myself just trying to get this stuff done for the owners of the company that I work for. So if we flip that and say, okay, I need to decommit from some of this work because it's not, so we're going to do the thing that we're afraid of. So I'm going to say, my plate is full. I can't take on anymore. And these things that I actually took on, I actually need to let them go and give them to someone else to do. It's something back in with that example, I was afraid to do it. But if I would have done it, I would have been able to get to the other side of burning out. Now, I ended up leaving the company, but that's another story. So the first thing is, is that this this underlying thing that leads to burnout is that fear of taking that responsibility and doing the hard work for our dreams. And instead, we do the easy stuff. We do the mundane work. We do the, the stuff that, you know, really shouldn't be our primary focus because it's quote unquote easier, okay? So if you find yourself where you are doing operator work, if you find yourself, I mean, I run into this with a lot of my clients, they tell me just how busy they are and how they're so overwhelmed and how they, they just feel so burned out. And when we look at their calendar, it's like, why are you doing these things? They're not even yours to do. Why are you doing them? Well, if I don't do it, nobody else will, or they won't do it as good as me. Or if I do it, then you know the owner of the business will be happy. And 90% of the time, it's stuff that they shouldn't have been doing. So if you find yourself in that pattern of, number one, wanting to go the easy route instead of you know doing the hard work, the necessary work that needs to be done, or if you find yourself where you're, at the end of the day, you're like, oh my God, where did my day go? And I, I didn't get anything done. It's probably because you've been putting out fires, which will, if you continue in that, that pattern, leads to burning out. Another thing is, if you're focusing on yourself and you're focusing on building things, but you're trying to also have, I call it one foot in the old and one foot in the new, you're going to burn out. And you're going to burn out because you are learning new things and doing new things and stepping into a, a greater way of being for yourself, but you're trying to still do this old stuff that you really shouldn't be doing. And I see that a lot, especially when I'm mentoring people who have been in a staff role, a, an, an employee role, and they move into being a director of operations or the COO of a business. They want to still function as really as operators doing the work instead of directing the work. And they have a tough time stepping into that new way of being, which again leads to burnout because subconsciously they know that they need to do these new things. They know they need to step into this new way of being, but it's hard. It's hard because it's new and there's a fear in there. So remember, do the thing you fear or step, lean into that fear, and that fear will get squelched. Because that fear can't exist when you have all of this new energy, this positive energy, this light energy coming from you because of you stepping into that new role. So when we try and put play with two feet, one foot in each world, 
forget it. It's hard. In a culture, and let's go back to when I was in corporate America, if you're in a culture that believes in you have to work hard and they want people to work 10-hour days or they get they take all the work, like you have a group of people that aren't doing anything and you have one person that they know that they can dump all the work on, that's when things get tough. My brother has been in a situation like that. And again, it's not work that he should have been doing. It's other people's work. So when we look at that, it's taking on other people's responsibilities that aren't ours to take on. That leads to burnout. Being responsible for everybody else's stuff. And if you're a people pleaser, you end up not speaking up for yourself. So you're taking responsibility for everybody else. You're taking responsibility for the work that other people are supposed to do and they didn't do. And you don't say anything. Again, it leads to burnout. Something else, and I talked about this earlier, those limiting beliefs of I'm not valuable unless I do this, or you know, I, I just need to work hard. Things need to be hard in order for them to be successful. And the truth is, that's just not true either. So we want to look at that and examine, okay, what is behind the reasoning why I'm doing all of this work that doesn't really align with my purpose, my vision, my role, you know, why do I keep doing it? Normally, there's some form, and I'm not a therapist. I go to a therapist, but I'm not one. But what I've learned myself is normally there is a limiting belief underneath there. There's a limiting belief that keeps telling us, it keeps lying to us that we need to do all of these things in order to be loved, to be worthy, to be valuable. And the truth is, is that's just not true. So, examining these things and saying, am I afraid to take responsibility for my vision? Am I afraid to take responsibility for my role? Am I staying stuck behind fear? Do I have a belief that's in there that is holding me back? Or bottom line, am I just working in a toxic culture that I need to get out of, right? So what can you do If you're looking at all of this and you're saying to yourself, oh my, like this is definitely burnout. This is definitely what's going on. I see it. And again, the reason why I don't think it's because of the amount of time that you're spending is because you could absolutely love everything that you're doing and work 12-hour days and be totally jazzed about it and totally fine and just feel so fulfilled. That's why... I believe wholeheartedly that burnout comes from the energy and the focus that we're putting into work and what we're working on versus the amount of time that we're working on it. So what are some things that you can do if you feel like you are going into burnout? And the, and the truth is, is that, you know, you can work hard and you can do the things, you know, when you're building your business, when you're scaling your business. Again, you can work long days and be focused on the right stuff and feel great. And you can work long days and focus on the absolute wrong things and feel like absolute crap. So if you're feeling like crap, you're probably burned out or you're headed towards it. So what are some of the things that you can do? Well, number one, I always believe in that seek a therapist. Go talk to somebody. I mean, friends and family are great. But a therapist, I mean, I found a great one who helped me to uncover a lot of the stuff that kept me going in these patterns of burnout 
you know, year after year after year, um, really helped me to unpack all of that and unpack like where these things were coming from, where these feelings were coming from. So number one, I would definitely say find a therapist. Number two, go back and figure out what find, what makes you, what, bleh, what brings you joy. Find your joy again. When you're burned out and you're feeling like that, it's really hard to find what brings you joy because nothing brings you joy because you're doing so many things that don't bring you joy that it's hard then to, to kind of dig through all of that and remember what does. So for me, it was walking my dogs. For me, it was not literally, this is going to sound funny, literally it was leaving my phone downstairs while I was going to get a shower and get ready in the morning. I used to bring my phone with me. I was glued to my phone. So even better, get ready, like turn your phone off and spend some time just really like feeling into these things that bring you joy. If it's cooking, if it's reading, if it's just sitting on your back patio and and listening to the silence, if it's walking your dogs, if it's exercising, whatever it is, make sure that you are in it fully so that you can fully experience it. Make sure that you create more white space in your day. Definitely you want to have time so that you can think, you can ideate, you can brainstorm, you can even just read, you can do things that really feed your brain positively. You know, giving yourself that white space that you can put together brainstorms and plans of how you're going to build the future. That's what's super important. And a lot of people don't want to build that into their day because they feel like it wastes time because they want to spend time doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. So make sure you're building in white space into your day. And I think the other thing is that I only wrote three steps down, but I'm going to just add something else. I think reflection is important as well to reflect on what were the decisions and the things that I've done over the past month, two months, three months, five months, a year, you know, whatever that is. And just really reflecting on that and asking yourself, were the things that I did, were they in alignment with who I am and what it is that I want to do with my life? And really kind of taking some time to reflect on it. I mean, burnout, like it's no joke. I mean, some people get to the point, um, and I can say I've been there myself, where you just don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to, like the things that you need to do, like you can't even, like you have nothing left in your tank to even do the things that you need to do. And it just feels lousy. So we want to make sure that we are, you know, reflecting on things, but then also we're building and we're planning and we're doing things so that we can move forward. So I hope that these steps helped you. And the thing I want to leave with you is the transition, the messy middle, the center part of it, the transformation. That's the part that's the hardest. But that's also where all the gold is. That's where you can uncover wisdom and things that you really want to accomplish that's when you're able to uncover all of that so that you can do even more amazing things. And you can let go of, decommit from, you know, say no to things that don't light you up, that don't bring you joy, um, so that you have more time to do the things that do. 
And I promise you this, when you start to put some of this stuff into place, you're going to start to see why it happened, but you're also going to start to see like signs in case it starts happening again. And you're also going to see just how amazing life really is. So I hope you have a great rest of your week. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value on the show, please follow the podcast so you never, ever miss an episode. And I would love, love, love if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for me. Even better, share the show with a fellow business owner ready to step fully into their CEO leadership role. Because right now, more than ever, the world really needs next level leaders. And by the way, did you know you can text me all your questions and get real-time feedback? You absolutely can. Just text the word CEO to me at 610-215-2838 to get connected. One last goodie for you before I go. If you're ready to scale your business and have a co-creator working right by your side, My C-Suite mentor program may be perfect for you and your possible new second-in-command. Just visit thecsuitementor.com to get started.